everyone, and welcome to Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. I am your host, Bill. And like I said in the last episode, the episode that I'm going to be reviewing this week, when it first aired, I absolutely loved this episode. But I'm wondering, because I haven't seen this episode in a long time, does this episode still hold up? The episode that I'm going to be reviewing this week is Royal Pudding. Now, it is obvious what the guys are making fun of completely. They are making fun of the wedding of Prince William and Catherine Middleton. Now, I remember not only this wedding, but this whole weekend... Like it was yesterday. It, it was maybe the biggest news weekend I've ever lived in my life. Um, so the wedding was on April... I, I want to say April 29th, is that? Yeah, April 29th. And I remember thinking to myself, I want to see this wedding. I absolutely have to see this wedding because well the the wedding of prince charles and diana was like 30 years before and i wasn't around to have seen that wedding so for me and people of my generation this was the wedding of a lifetime basically and i remember um because Normally, I get up at 6 a.m. to get ready for work. And I said to my dad, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to set my alarm for 5.30 a.m. Because the wedding was 6 a.m. on the East Coast. And and, and England is like five hours early. So it would have been like 11 o'clock, I think, was when the wedding was. So I'm like, okay. I'm going to set my alarm for 5.30 so I can get up just a half hour early that day to, you know, to get up on time, get my breakfast, to watch the wedding. So when I get up, it's 6 o'clock. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, crap, the wedding has started. But, you know, I didn't really miss, I, I didn't miss much. So, here's Prince William, all suited up, military outfit, and here comes Kate. And to that point, I thought, my God, this is the most beautiful looking bride I've ever seen in my life. And, I mean, like like I said, I wasn't around... For Diana and and Prince Charles. So I I didn't see that wedding. When it happened. And I'm just. You know I'm watching this. And I'm just like. I'm taken aback. You know it's like. My god. You know here's Prince William. Who you know. We've he's grown up. Like in front of our eyes. It's like a world. It is a worldwide event and here's this woman 
you know, Catherine, Kate. Oh my God. I, I swear, I never, I had never seen a more beautiful woman in a, in, you know, in a bridal outfit in my life as, as Kate Middleton. And then to think, like, a few years later, Prince. Oh my God, his name. Uh, ah, crap. His name. I, I'm sure some of you are screaming at me right now. Harry, Prince Harry, when he got married, oh, his bride, Meghan, looked just as gorgeous, maybe even more gorgeous. So I'm watching the wedding, and it's this big thing. You know, it's 6 a.m. in the morning, and I, I remember my favorite part of the entire wedding is, you know... When you know when they do the vows, and then you know when Prince William says "I do," you can hear the people outside of the church cheering, going like "Yay!" <laughs> it was so funny. It was absolutely like it was wonderful, and the wedding went off perfectly. You couldn't have asked for a more beautiful day, a more beautiful wedding on that day. On that day. And then, um, that Saturday was the annual, um, thing of the White House with the president and the media, and, you know, Obama kind of came out of his shell. And then we get to that Sunday, May the 1st, and nothing is going on the whole day, because it's like, okay, we had the wedding. And then we had the, the, the thing with the press. Like, the, the banquet. And it's like, okay, there's nothing that can really, you know, nothing that can really top this. So, at like 10-something that night, on Facebook, and I think in a couple other places, um, there was a thing that said that President Obama's going to come on TV in a half hour. And it was something about Osama Bin Laden. Now, we didn't know what it was at the time. We did not know what it was at the time. So, you wait the 30 minutes. Obama comes on. And that's when Obama announces that Osama Bin Laden's been killed. And the whole country is going crazy for happiness and then here's what makes it even funnier and and there's like so many theories and myths and all that it's so funny about you know when obama announced that bin laden had been killed i remember there was this one urban legend this one urban legend that the rock found out first that bin laden had been killed and it's actually kind of funny like how is an actor who you know was a wrestler is now a big movie star finds out first that the biggest terrorist in the world is dead and then what i also remember is 
And for those that are listening for the first time, um, welcome to the show. I'm, I'm a wrestling fan, and there was a pay-per-view that night. Now, I did not get the pay-per-view because streaming services was a few years away. And the main event had just ended. And John Cena was in the main event before he became a big movie star. And what I remember reading or hearing was that after his match was over, because he, you know, they were going to go to the, you know, do the credit, camera would go off, people wouldn't see it on TV, you know, it would be for the arena. So whoever's giving the microphone to Cena goes to him and is like, you have to tell them Bin Laden is dead. You have to tell them that we got Bin Laden. So Cena does it, and someone has like, I, I guess it's like an early version of the iPhone in their hand, and, you know, Cena announces to the people in the arena that Osama Bin Laden's been killed, and the guy doing it is like, what? Is this true? Holy shit! You know, so, and then uh, they play Stars and Stripes forever, and... You know, the fans were chanting USA, and, and that's how I remember that weekend, April 29th, April 30th, May 1st. Like I said, probably the biggest news weekend I will ever live in my life, and probably of my entire life. That will probably be the biggest news weekend I'll ever live. But the weekend did begin with the wedding of Prince Charles and Kate Middleton and South Park made fun of the wedding and that is going to be the focus of this week's episode Royal Pudding. So with that said, let's dive into this week's episode. The episode was written and directed by Trey Parker and originally aired on May 11th, 2011. So the episode begins at the school where a bunch of kindergarten kids are practicing for this play about dental hygiene. And the kids are, you know, they're going through their lines, they're doing the number, and then here comes Tooth Decay. Well, at least Tooth Decay doesn't come. Mr. Mackey is wondering where Tooth Decay is. Well, Tooth Decay isn't here. He's watching the royal wedding. And Mr. Mackey's like, who's watching the royal, you know, who's watching the royal wedding? Well, we find out that it's Ike who's watching the royal wedding. But you see, it's not the royal wedding of England. It's the royal wedding of Canada. Yes. So we get the coverage and, you know, all the big dignitaries are there. Terrence and Philip are there. The Queef sisters are there. Here's Sir Brian Adams and Sir Corey Hart wearing his sunglasses, but they're not in dark. Or they're not in night, you know, when he's wearing them. So, you know, they're all there for the wedding. And and here comes the, the prince, the, the groom-to-be, and he is, you know, he, he's following the, the archbishop or the bishop of Banff, Banff you know, per, per tradition. And the people are throwing uh, cap and crunch, as per tradition. And, you know, they're all standing. You know, all the dignitaries are there. And then here comes the bride. And they are playing Pomp and Circumstance. 
And while I'm watching this, and this is the first time this has ever happened to me, I kind of have a sad memory brought back to me. And I'll explain why. So like I said, the beg- or this episode aired May 11th, 2011. Nine days later, nine days later, Randy Savage passes away. And the reason I think that is because Pomp and Circumstance was his theme song, you know, in WWF and WCW. That was his theme song, was Pomp and Circumstance. You know, it's like, you know it as the graduation song, and a lot of us know it as Randy Savage's theme. So I'm like, oh. I'm hearing Randy Steve during the wedding, you know, or at least the Canadian wedding. So, here, after the bride comes, the soon-to-be Princess of Canada, is this giant bowl of pudding. And butterscotch pudding, actually. And the tradition is, is the prince puts his arms into the bowl of giant pudding, and the bride is supposed to scrape the pudding off well as she's doing that the church starts to shake and you know that's not per tradition and you know parts of the ceiling come down and crashing onto people again not tradition and this beam of light comes and kidnaps the princess and they're trying to get her out but they can't do it And she's in, like, this giant box, giant cube, and she's taken away. And, you know, the announcer's like, this is truly a sad day for Canada and all the world. Ike watches this, and he breaks down and cries. He is sad. He is devastated that the soon-to-be Princess of Canada has been kidnapped, has been taken from not only, you know, the the groom-to-be, but all the people of Canada. So the next day, uh, we go back, and the kindergartners are practicing the play again. And they get to the part about tooth decay. Well, here comes Ike. This is Ike's role. He is tooth decay. He is still crying. He is dead devastated like it's almost beyond you know reconcilable and mr maggie's like "Mm, okay ike you know you 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 don't have to be sad right now uh that's not till later after the dental floss takes care of you okay uh why, why, why don't you go home why don't you take the rest of the day off we'll come come back tomorrow we'll just practice the ending again okay so ike is devastated So he walks by, and here's the news. And the news is covering the kidnapping of the princess. And it's been over a day. Canadian people are absolutely devastated. There are mass suicides. People are jumping out of the windows. And they're like, The princess is gone! The princess is gone! 
and one guy jumps in front of a train, another guy pours gasoline over himself, lights himself on fire, and then there's even uh, like a, a candlelight vigil where people are there, and Rush, who I would have assumed would have been invited to the wedding, they're playing a version of Candle in the Wind called A Flower in the Bloom or something, and... Alex from Rush commits suicide in front of the stage and is like, oh no, the band is done for. You know, you had Neil and the drums, you had Getty at the bass, you can't continue on without Alex. He's an important part of the band. So, as this is going on, as this news story is being reported, there's word that all Canadian citizens are to return to their home and they are to open up their box of faith. And I love the reporter. He's like, box of faith? What the fuck is that? So Ike goes home. He finds his box of faith and he opens it up and there's a projector. And in the projector is the Prime Minister of Canada. So the Prime Minister of Canada, this is kind of like Mission Impossible so, so many different shows and movies in a way. So he tell you know he tells them that this box has been opened because a member or more than one member of the royal family have been kidnapped or you just decided to open it and you're a dick. So the Prime Minister of Canada instructs all people of Canadian descent that they are to meet by the tree in Edmonton to go save, you know, the princess. And in their box of faith is a location beacon, a first aid kit, and a sandwich. With the sandwich being eaten right now. So, Ike is dressed up. He's got a helmet. He's got a shield. He's got a sword. And he's going out. He's going to save the princess. He's going to save the princess of Canada. Meanwhile... In a forgettable, but actually, or not forgettable, but a f forgotten, but kind of a funny scene, at the school, Mr. Garrison is teaching the kids about uh, Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo and how the song makes no sense whatsoever. Now, Mr. Mackey is upset at Kyle because, well, Ike's not there. He's not at the, you know, he's not at the, at, at the practice. And Kyle has no idea where his brother is and mr Mackey is pissed so he you know he's like you've got to fix this you have to do something about this what is he gonna do eh, we'll find out in a minute or two so we see ike he's on the bus by himself i know but remember this this is south park anything could happen when all of a sudden, one of my favorite Canadians in all the world, Ugly Bob, shows up. For those that don't remember who Ugly Bob is, Ugly Bob was a character that was first introduced in Season 2, and he's considered ugly in Canada, so he has to wear a bag over his head. <laughs> so how simple is that? So now we know that Ike and Ugly Bob are going to go to the tree in Edmonton. So now we go back to the practice of 
the musical about dental, or you know, dental hygiene, tooth decay. So who's gonna play tooth decay now? Kyle. Kyle's gonna play tooth decay, and it doesn't go over so well. It's not going too well. So now we see the Canadian Army. They are at the tree in Edmonton. And they are with one of the members, like one of the ranked officials of the Canadian Army. He thinks he knows who kidnapped the princess. And to get the per- or to get the person that has kidnapped the princess, they're going to lure them with a giant bowl of Kraft macaroni. Because, you know, it's good in Canada. So, as they're going through the plan, you hear this rumbling sound. Boom. 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 And it's like, oh no, here it comes. It's the giant. It's, it's, it's Scott. What a dick. It's Scott. Well, Scott apparently got taller since the last time we saw him. He got taller because of a radioactive accident in Ottawa. And he's still a dick. And, you know, they're upset. And, you know, at first they think Scott may have taken a princess. But he's like, nah, buddy. See, I'm more patriotic than anyone. I would never do anything to the royal family. So everyone leaves. And Ugly Bob is like, we can't leave now. We, we, we've got to go save the princess. So now we have this unusual trio of Ugly Bob, Ike, and Scott, who's a dick. And they go all the way to the Yukon, where they're seeing native Canadians. And Scott talks about... (laughs) Okay, this might have been my favorite line of the entire episode. He talks about the one time... He paid a native Canadian, Eskimo here, he paid a native Canadian money to give him a BJ, and all she did was rub her nose on his penis for 45 seconds and then asked for money. Oh my god, that is, that's hilarious. I thought it was great. So, they eventually get caught by the Canadians. Or by the native Canadians. Meanwhile, back at the school, they're going through rehearsals again, and Mr. Mackey is starting to get more upset. We'll get back to him in a moment. Now, we see our heroes. They're in an igloo, and they're being told of this prophecy that was foretold to the native Canadians many years ago of how the princess was to be kidnapped and that the princess had to be saved. So now we have a fourth person joining the group. We'll see what happens. Now, Mr. Mackey, poor Mr. Mackey, he wants this performance about Tooth Decay to go so well. And he tells the story of why... Why this play is happening. Why this performance is even happening. A couple years ago, his father was killed by tooth decay. He brushed his teeth. He flossed. 
did it twice a day. But Tooth Decay took and killed his dad. And they couldn't do anything about it. That's why he's doing the play. It's kind of like, this is why I want it to be perfect, basically. So now we go back to our heroes. And Scott is continuing to go on. And I love Ike. He's like, Scott, stop being a dick. (laughs) So then they get to the castle. And there's the princess. The princess is there in the castle. But who has the princess? Again, we'll, we'll get to it in a little bit. Now back to the school. It is the preview of this performance. So the parents are seeing this. They're doing it. Kyle is singing his part. And, and Mr. Mackey's like, Flat! Flat! Like, I, I, I don't think I could do, like, the way he yelled flat. But it was absolutely funny. So, now, our heroes, they get in the castle. They see the princess. She's chained. And, you know, she kind of tells, she's trying to tell them who took her. But she's too late. Because she tells them to turn around. And the, and the, and what took her was tooth decay. Yes, tooth decay kidnapped the princess. So, we have this fight with our heroes and Tooth Decay. Scott goes first. He gets thrown to the wall. The female Native Canadian goes next. She gets thrown to the wall. And Ugly Bob's kind of scared. He doesn't know what to do. And the princess is screaming. It's like, ow, it's too late. It's too late. Well, Ike comes up with an idea. He climbs up onto Ugly Bob. He takes off the bag. And Tooth Decay sees Ugly Bob's face. And Tooth Decay is frozen in the stone. And that basically kills Tooth Decay. Yeah, it kills Tooth Decay. Meanwhile, backstage of the play, Mr. Mackey is giving these poor kindergartners the riot act. And, you know, it's it's hilarious. I felt so bad for these kids. Then a police officer comes in. And he's like, Mackie. Mackie. This show is over. And Mr. Mackie's like, they'll do better, I promise. I got it on them, okay? And he's like, no. It's over. They got him. They got him. And Mr. Mackie's like... Really? They they got him. All the bur- all the news bureaus they're confirming it. So basically, Tooth Decay is Osama bin Laden. And what I really liked about you know until they revealed who was you know who did take the princess, I liked how they were like the 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 individual that took the princess doesn't care who you are, what country, what religion. This thing is going to come after you. So, as Mr. Mackey, you know, kind of like puts two and two together, he tells the kids to go home, and he cries on the shoulder of the police officer because it's like, it's over. They finally got him. So now we go back up to Canada. We're going to try the wedding again. But before we do that, we got some people tonight. Scott, 
was a dick. He gets knighted. The uh, na- the the female Native Canadian, she gets knighted. Ugly Bob gets knighted, and Ike gets knighted. But Ike also gets a pair of socks too. And Kyle is happy about, you know, what what his brother does, and he's like, "Look at this! It's so cool. My brother is being knighted in Canada," and stands like, "Well, my sister is the leader of her." den and, and scouts and Cartman's like my uncle is like two positions away from being a manager of a store and I was like okay and then we get back to the wedding they're playing pomp and circumstance again and they're continuing the tradition of the Canadian wedding where they take the butterscotch off of the groom and then the groom grabs the princess's arm and rips it up and you know it's per tradition and then he sticks the arm right up his ass as is as it is tradition and you know everyone is cheering and that is the end of royal pudding (laughs) Uh. um i'm gonna say this there are times every once in a while where I am going to be a little bit biased towards certain episodes because they kind of hold a special place in my heart. This one is one of those episodes. It holds a special place in my heart. Just, I thought, you know, it's the royal wedding. They're making fun of it. And the way they do it, it's so unique that Let's make this, you know, like the main story be kind of like a fairy tale if you think about it. You know, it's a wedding. The prince and the princess. The princess gets kidnapped. You have an entire army and it's, you know, these citizens and they got to find the princess and save the princess. It's just one of those episodes where, yeah, you know it's not going to be an all-time classic. You kind of know that. But you still like the episode. And I really like this episode a lot. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not getting a 10. It's not. But it's getting a very good score. I'm giving this an 8. I'm almost tempted to give it a 9. But I think an 8 is a good score for this episode. Uh, Production note. And then I'll get into the reception of the episode. Uh, On the DVD commentary of season 15... Uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker found the royal wedding and the hype surrounding it to be peculiar, stating, Whenever we talk about something no one cares about, we make it about Canada. (laughs) There you go. Now, the kindergarten play rehearsals were based on the rehearsals of the Book of Mormon, which should be coming out in this time. Yeah, it's going to come out. Actually, it's already come out. Uh, In in the United States. And he, you know, so so the play's already out by now. And so this is kind of them, remi- you know, kind of remembering how the, you know, the practices went, rehearsals. Now, the voice for the, the Native Canadians were provided by Native Americans. How cool is that? In its original broadcast, Royal Pudding was seen by 2.435 million viewers that is according to nielsen uh the previous episode was seen by 2.59 so it went a little bit down 
but not nearly as much as week one to week two. The AV Club gave the episode a C-, citing it, citing its bric-a-brac construction and called it one of the strangest half-hours in the show's history. It was deemed pointedly silly, polarizing, and hence bound to be divisive. IGN said, It has been said that episodes without Cartman are often the worst, and that's certainly the case here, giving the episode a 5.5 out of 10. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes, this does not have Cartman, but not every episode needs Cartman. This is a perfect example. I will defend this episode basically until I am no more. So uh, if you are a fan of this episode like I am, uh, I've got your back. Okay, let's go to IMDb, see what they thought of this episode. Over 2,200 people rated this episode, and the average ep- or the average rating for this episode is a 6.7 out of 10. Uh, 498 people gave it a 7, so it's a little bit more positive than last week. 315 people gave it an 8. That's the score I'm giving it this week. 315 people gave this a 10. See, it's a liked episode. And 94 people gave it a 1. To break it into demographics, the average rating for males was a 6.7, with its highest demographic being 18 to 29 and 30 to 44-year-olds both with a 6.7 rating. For females, the average rating was a 6.5, with its highest demographic being the 18 to 29 department, with an average rating of a 7. Maybe because of, maybe, maybe because, you know, the theme was the royal wedding, maybe that's why younger females preferred this episode a little bit more. Who knows? Alright, so let's go to the reviews and see what people thought of this episode. So, going to start off with Eclectic Enui. That is quite a name. Who wrote, Yes, Royal Pudding is another Canadian-related episode for the show, and it is funny. The recently televised wedding of Prince William and Catherine Middleton, which I only briefly watched, is parodied with a televised Royal Canadian wedding that involves pudding, which is, of course, tradition. The deadpan narrator of the wedding frequently uses that word. However, the wedding is interrupted when a seemingly extraterrestrial being kidnaps the princess and wrecks havoc. Even so, the narrator continues his deadpan delivery and usage of the word tradition. It's a kind of memorable opening, to be honest. The kidnapping upsets Ike, and he travels to Canada after a call to arms is issued to Canadians. Ike, therefore, foregoes playing Tooth Decay in Mr. Mackey's kindergarten play about dental hygiene, which provides a second storyline of the episode. Those who want to see an episode that focuses on all four boys, particularly Cartman, will be disappointed. Cartman is a great character, but I can perfectly manage with a break of him. As is tradition with the show, the animation and voice work are well done. Both storylines interested me, and, as I mentioned, the episode's funny. Mr. Mackey frequently gets angry with his play and curses at the young kids, which works because what kind of school staff member does that in real life? Luckily, there's only a rare amount of Canadian stereotypes, and I liked the one involving Kraft Dinner. 
This may not be a stereotype, but I thought the makers were going to make fun of the gruesome beheading and cannibalism of Tim McLean for the bus scene. They didn't, unless there's an allegory at the end, which, by the way, is darkly funny and is traditional humor for the show. One quibble comes to mind, and that's watching the kindergartners rehearse a part in the play three times. If it's supposed to be funny, I didn't really see it. Is there a point to this episode? Maybe it's that Tooth Decay is bad, and Canada isn't important to America, though I'm probably overanalyzing. After watching this episode, I convinced my brother and my dad to watch it. My dad later said he had never seen a complete South Park episode. They enjoyed it, and I even watched most of it with them. Good job, buddy. Alright, next episode or next review is from Frivo Loose Fate. Friv- oh, Frivolous Fate. <laughs> Frivo Loose Fate. Oh my lord. It's been a day, folks. Uh Frivolous Fate wrote, Okay, I admit it. I don't get this episode entirely. Or maybe there is no deeper hidden meaning. I don't get the point of the emphasis on tooth decay. I got the Canadian jokes. Almost missed the Eskimo Kiss BJ one at first. I got that it was a parody of the royal wedding of William and Kate. I think in it in this respect, the choice of using Canada instead of England or Wales, the guys, Trey and Matt, made a wise choice because they have all these characters, Ugly Bob, Scott the Dick, Ike, etc. But Terrence and Philip were not utilized very well in this episode. Perhaps a missed opportunity? So was there a point to tooth decay? I felt like I was missing something. The majority of South Park episodes, it is very obvious to the viewer what being parodied, or the lesser being preached, even with this episode with Wedding Part, it was obvious. But to me, it felt like I was being left of some inside joke. At first, I was thinking it would be revealed towards the end, the big mystery that I was missing, but there was no real answer, and I was left confused. It felt kind of pointless, which is unusual for South Park. I enjoyed parts of it, but found it to be disappointing overall. At least I had a few good laughs from the wedding parts, and I found the traditions Trey and Matt came up with for us Canadians quite humorous. Okay, next review is from T.S. Brownie, who wrote, Hey, maybe it's me, but the last few episodes seem to be rehashed punchlines and cliches from old shows. Not one guffaw, snort, nor belly laugh in the whole show. Not even a chuckle. They still go for the shock value thing, the parody of race, creed, color, and place of national origin. But it's just not getting there. Maybe it's that Canadian Eskimos, Native Canadians, just don't have a strong stereotype for most Americans. So trying to parody them is about as funny as doing one of a Tibetan goat herder. Wait, that's got potential. I'm hoping they got their cynical edge, their twisted view on the ordinary, their ability to put a keen edge on dull wits back soon. Alright, next review is going to be from Raindog Jr. who wrote, It took me a bit to get this episode, but I ended having a blast. To be honest, during the first minutes, I was thinking a lot in the previous one and in the issue of having two disappointing, or just not very funny, episodes in in a row. Boy, was I mistaken. Royal Pudding was certainly a reminder of last year's ridiculous interest of a whole lot of people in my country to watch the royal wedding. Hell, I don't even know the names of those who got married. (laughs) That's great. However, nothing here is British. 
It's actually an Ike Broflovsky show, so the royal wedding we get to see happens up there in Canada. If you're a Rush fan, there's a surprise for you. Also, look for that Canadian racist guy and his insults to the native Canadians, which I found quite hilarious. If you have seen enough South Park, it will make complete sense that Ike is the one and only kindergartner in the whole world, perhaps, who won't miss, by any chance, the broadcast of the Canadian royal wedding. And it was Ike's cuteness, the first element, that gained me. He is the only kindergartner suffering because of the Canadian princess who was mysteriously kidnapped during the wedding. Royal Pudding goes also for simple humor based on the character Mr. Mackey and his problems with getting together a kindergarten play in one of the two plots. This is actually a reference to Trey Parker and Matt Stone's very own experiences with producing The Book of Mormon. I didn't get that reference, but that is said on the commentary track, by the way. Excuse me. And that simple humor works perfect. Is having Mackie insulting the kids over and over again. Believe me, it's hilarious. So forget about watching those royal weddings. Here you have everything you need to experience about them. That last scene, for instance, definitely ranks as one of my favorite South Park endings. Crazy stuff. And the final review is from Real Fan... Um, let me read this right. Real Fandango, oh, Fandango Forever, who wrote, Another wonderfully deserving shot at Canadians, including those currently labeled First Nations. No, those other, quieter First Nations, damn it. Okay. <laughs> like I said, um, there are going to be, at times, episodes... Well, actually, this this goes to any show in general, really. Where some people might not like it, but you like it and it has a special place. And really, that's where I feel about this episode, is this is one of those episodes that it just has a special place. And there's nothing you know i can't penalize it because i really enjoy the episode and i know there are going to be i know there have been some in the past and there probably are going to be some in the future that when i review you guys might have the same feeling of hey he might not like it but i really like it and it's got a special place you can follow the show on Twitter at SharksPond97, and you can join the Facebook group SharksPond, a South Park podcast where we discuss past, present, and yes, future South Park episodes. Well, next time around, going to be talking about TMI. That's a statement that we kids today use, you know, us hip kids. So next time around, the episode is going to be TMI. Thank you all for listening, and join me next time for another episode of Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. I'm Bill, and I'll talk to you all later.